Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 30. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me today, a special guest, live for the first time on It's Lock Podcast, we have the winner, the, the, I guess the tie winner, I don't know, of our first podiversary uh, Super Bowl contest, Car Crazy Chris. Car Crazy Chris, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Got to say, it's uh, it's a dream come true. Never been on a podcast before, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, uh, that's funny. It's great to have you on. So the Super Bowl, just to recap, we had said, hey, just guess the score, winner, loser of the Super Bowl. Uh, Car Crazy Chris, you were a total of six points off. You know, the final score, which we're going to get into uh, Super Bowl recap, the final score being, what was it, 23 to 20. I think you had guessed 26 to 23, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So you were a total of six points off. You tied with Surfer Granny, who had 20 to 17. So originally I had dubbed you the winner, but then we went to the rules committee because it was going to be, hey, whose you know, nickname was better? Turned out you can have a tie. Very gracious to you to allow that. So both of you guys are going to get $50, you know, courtesy It's Lock Podcast. And as a, a part of the Underdog Podcast Network, so congratulations, Car Crazy Chris. Are you ready to talk about the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think so. I, I need to ask: Did you make any bets on the game, and how did you fare? Are, are you were you happy with the outcome? Just uh, what we what did you think? Uh, so I I did not make any bets on the game. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a big big bet guy. It's easy to be generous with other people's money. Uh, with my own, I find that I'm I'm pretty stingy though. But overall, I was pretty happy with the game. This was the first Super Bowl for me in a while where I really didn't have a preference who won. Uh, so that makes it a little bit easier to just kind of sit back and, and enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I know of another loyal listener, Jay Work, who used some winnings from a previous contest we had on Instalock Podcast and ran it up on some sports bets. So just an idea, Car Crazy Chris. I know, hey, you're crazy, so anything's possible. Maybe... uh. Maybe we'll uh, we'll stay tuned. Uh, wink, wink. See see what happens. But anyway, <laughs> getting into the Super Bowl. So this was you know the Bengals. I we had called it on a, a couple last podcasts. Got off to a slow start. Rams came out up 13-3 with that botched PAT. It wasn't 14-3, but halftime Bengals had closed the gap 10 to 13. And then second half mostly a dud, except right out of the gate some early fireworks in the second half with that uh, long 75-yard touchdown pass to T Higgins. Um, with that no call on the face mask, and then Stafford throwing that interception on his first play. So then after that, essentially a whole bunch of sacks and punts until the final Rams drive of the game where they come down, and then all the laundry flies with the penalties. Rams win, Bengals get their last chance, get stopped with another excellent couple of defensive plays by the defense, particularly Aaron Donald. So I want to start off with the refs, Car Crazy Chris. I think it was fairly unfair. 
T. Higgins with that 75-yard touchdown pass, a clear face mask of Jalen Ramsey. Yes, that is pro Bengals. But on the other side of the coin, that last drive of the game, that quote-unquote holding penalty on Cooper Cup was just excellent coverage, in my opinion. So that clearly was pro Rams. I hated to see all the laundry coming out there at the end of the game that had been mostly quiet, only six total penalties all game. What were your thoughts on the refs? And then do you think it was scripted? Some I got the tinfoil hat queued up, and I know Mad Money Mike is going to go off next week. He is convinced that the ending to that game, the powers that be, they would have thrown flags forever until the Rams scored a touchdown and won the game. I'm curious what your thoughts were on the refs, and do you think that the Mafia – the sports books are in it and they're in tight with the, with the refs. <laughs> so I guess first on the refs, I, I think it was a pretty good, the majority of the game was pretty good. I think there were very few penalties, didn't interrupt the flow of the game. Uh, like you said, right at the second half, face mask that wasn't called. I didn't see it in real time. I thought it was just, holy crap, it was an amazing play. This guy's awesome. Yeah, on the replay, it was pretty obvious. Kind of disappointing, actually, that the ref wouldn't see that. I mean, what else is he looking at? The guy, he's obviously going to about to catch the ball. Where are you looking if not at him in his hands? I was ready for that to be a huge controversy, you know, after the game, no matter who won, just that was missed call. Clearly it's all rigged and everything. Uh, and then, but then at the end of the game, the, the holding call, which I actually thought was okay in real time when I watched it, and then afterwards, I thought, no, that's a terrible call. That that, like you said, it was just it was just well covered. Uh, and I kind of, you know, I think I actually was chatting with some friends, and I actually said, well, you know, this this returns the favor of the missed face mask. So now everyone's all even, and they can just play the game, and it'll be fine. The other flags that all came out of the second half, I thought they were. I hate you hate to see it. You know, it really sucks, especially for the defense when you're down there trying to make stops and. You just keep giving them chance after chance after chance. But I I did think they were legitimately uh, called penalties. So I really was, was overall pretty happy with it. Very few penalties for the majority of the game. I don't know, 100 penalties in the last minute or something like that. Yeah, definitely 100 but, flags uh, thrown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every single ref had it, had it at, at the ready. So I guess I could see how that feeds into the, it's scripted. You know, they're all, okay, when the clock gets to 40, throw your flag. But uh, I, I don't usually, I don't really buy into any of that. I think that uh, I, it, with this game in particular, I can see why, why it would set off those alarm bells. But to me, it's just, it's just uh, they're doing their best. Sure, they screw it up sometimes. And yeah, it kind of seems like sometimes they screw it up in one team's favor or the other. But uh, in general, I, I, I don't, I, I, I try not to, to buy into any of that because it's just, if it is true, and I, I found out about that, it would just make the game less fun to watch. Yeah, I feel like this case, like for an objective observer, we can both see that both teams got you know, the short end of the stick, which means that both teams got the same treatment. But for either for whoever lost, they could point at the at the bad play that they got. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing about that next week. Um, so am I, I think we're both on the same page. The refs fairly unfair injuries. I think the Rams clearly overcame the worst of the two teams here. You know, uh, OBJ going out was a big detriment. 
Um, there are a couple passes that were to, you know, kind of the, the sub in for OBJ Skoranek that got intercepted and dropped. He had like 52 yards through two, through two receptions in like the first, you know, when did he go out first or second quarter? Um, there were a couple of quarterback scares, both for uh, Burrow and Stafford, but it was great to see them bounce back from that. Uh, Cooper Cup had a helmet to helmet hit. Uh, that was another scare. So, you know, a lot of injuries there. I think the Rams, you know, clearly came out for the worst there. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you hate it when injuries impact the game. Fortunately, you know, the Rams were able to able to overcome that uh, car crazy. Chris, not sure if you had any thoughts on, uh, I don't know, maybe the, the robustness of the quarterbacks. You see ankle injuries or you know ankle replays like that. Their ankles getting rolled up ACL or not ACL like ankles, high ankle sprains are out for weeks and weeks. So got some tough quarterbacks out there, huh? Yeah, I don't think anyone who who is familiar with Stafford is surprised that he went back out. Um, it, it was scary there, but uh, I with his career and this, who knows, maybe not, but this being his only real shot at a, at a Super Bowl, uh, I, I'm sure everyone's uh, expected him to go back out. Uh, the, Joe, the Joe Burrow one was uh, a little bit more, made me a little bit more nervous uh, just because you have no idea, you know, he doesn't have a real long history in the NFL and he's he's a young guy. Any injury is potentially, you know, just just very terrifying for him. Uh, but yeah, I was actually surprised to see him bounce back so quickly. I thought maybe, maybe they'd sit him, I don't know, one or two reps or something, but he, he just went right back in. So that was, that was good to see. Um, yeah, I, I think they both obviously showed that they've got the determination to get in there and, and give their team a shot. Do you think, so now Matt Stafford, 13th year in the NFL, just won his first Super Bowl, didn't get Super Bowl MVP, but you know, he, he clearly a great quarterback. Do you think he is a Hall of Fame quarterback? Do you think he's going to get into Hall of Fame with his resume now? Would you put him in the car crazy Chris version of the NFL Hall of Fame? Uh, I'm pretty bad at tracking like career stats and stuff. So you asked me that question about like a Tom Brady and even me who doesn't pay super close attention knows that's obvious. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I really didn't watch him a lot on the Lions, I really just kind of heard what people said about Lions. I don't blame uh, you. <laughs> and, and from what I heard, his team kept losing forever despite his best efforts and good performance. So I'm really not sure. I, I think as someone who, like I said, is not super familiar with the stats, I would lean towards no. I don't think one Super Bowl is enough. And that's the only thing that I've really paid attention to. But I'm okay. sure there are people out there who pay a lot better attention than I do. Okay, so you're saying maybe I would just need to see more about how good he did for the Lions. But just one Super Bowl is not enough to punch a ticket to uh, was it Canton? I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a maybe depending on how he how the numbers actually worked out in Detroit. Okay, that's fair. We're I mean we we still got some time left. We're gonna get a hot take out of you at some point, oh, crazy Chris. So. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep, uh, keep swinging. We'll see if I get a hit. All right. Let's talk a little bit about trick plays. And I'm off. It was awesome that we had a couple of trick plays, uh, mixed in through a touchdown pass to T Higgins there on that pitch play. Um, I saw that play happening and I was like, Oh my God, it's another run play. But then turned out to be a trick play pass for a touchdown T Higgins, uh, one of his two touchdowns on the night. So that was awesome. So, you know, check Mark, uh, to the Bengals there, but then 
uh, Cooper Cup on that pass attempt to Matt Stafford was just like awful on so many levels. Uh, Car Crazy Chris, any thoughts on those trick plays? And uh, I guess there's a reason that Matt Stafford is a quarterback and not the wide receiver. Yeah, I think I think the Bengals definitely nailed theirs. Uh, like you said, setting up the run, it, they really made you think that handing it off to Mixon, uh, he's going to run it again. They're going to get another three yards or whatever it may be. Uh, so I, I love that. Uh, in general, especially in big games like this, uh, I love any attempt at a trick play. Just, you know, if you're going to try it, last game of the year, win or lose, go big or go home. Uh, didn't work out for didn't work out for the Rams. Uh, it kind of brought back some memories of, of the Patriots trying it and failing. And then, of course, I think it was the Eagles ran that same play and, and they scored a touchdown on it or something like that. But uh, I say the, I say more trick plays the better. Yeah, absolutely. Two gold stars um, to the Bengals and the Rams. All right, let's talk a little bit about the defense, particularly the Rams defense. And I talked a little bit about the last pod, how the coaching battle was – pretty much a tie between uh, the Bengals, Zach Taylor, and the Rams, Sean McVay. I think that when you consider the uh, defensive talent that the Rams have and throw on top of that the coaching talent, that there's a defensive adjustment they made at halftime. They had one sack of Joe Burrow in the first half, six sacks of Joe Burrow in the second half, which seven sacks in Super Bowl, Super Bowl record. Uh, It's tough to stop. All those, all that firepower on on the Rams' defensive front, and then you throw on top of that, you know, smart game planning adjustment in the second half. They started stacking the weak side, um, throwing three different, you know, all three. Uh, I think it was either two, three linemen and a linebacker, or the defensive end, and then the the Bengals were just not able to adjust to it. So I thought that was really interesting and potentially, and one of the reasons why the second half was so boring and so defensive oriented. Um, you know, also got to give credit to the Bengals for just playing overall great stifling defense as well. But um, truly a, a second half, uh, a second half defensive struggle there. And it didn't make it. It, it depends. Uh, Car crazy Chris. I'm curious if if you saw the beauty in it or if you were bored by it. What did you think of that second half there for the 90 percent of the second half? So this one, this I don't know, this might be a hot take depending on, on how the viewership breaks down. Uh, this one, this Super Bowl, I was. I was fine with it. I, I was happy with it. I didn't think it was boring. Uh, but what what the flip side of that is, is the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, it was absolutely a defensive game. No one could do anything. But that game, I love. I thought that was one of the coolest Super Bowls to watch in a long time uh, against against the Patriots. I, I, think that, uh, I think that the Rams are probably pretty happy with their defense. Uh, in that game, they're obviously going to be happy with them in this game. I think they're definitely glad they've got uh, Stafford under center this time around. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that I think that the the defensive plays, especially on the Rams side, I think they really were able to. They've got a lot of talent, and you know, talking about the offense for a second, OBJ obviously went out. He's a big he's a big name and everything, but for the most part, they're uh, they're big talent players. I think they've probably paid a lot for either in, in salary or draft picks. Uh, they, I think they came through. I think they came through when they needed to, uh, especially Aaron Donald. Uh, I, I think there was one or two plays where uh, 
where Ramsey got beat, but you know you can't win them all against. Uh, I think one of them was against uh, Chase. I think. And excellent you, catch by Chase. You can't stop that. And then the face yeah. mask on Higgins. Besides that, it was like two for twenty four on Ramsey. I think he did a great job too. Yeah, and and everyone's gonna remember the the big play that he gives up and and the face mask, but. You know, it's a position where he's playing one on one with someone who's also undoubtedly a star athlete. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win 100% of them. But yeah, I think overall their their talent really stepped up when they needed to, uh, and and was able to get a get them the win. To to Burrow's credit, uh, he got sacked like you said a million times, but uh, he was again a real young quarterback. He was able to get I think a couple of them away, throw them away before he takes the sack. Uh, but that just that just emphasizes the fact that uh, the Rams defense really, really was dominating the line there, especially in the in the second half. Yeah, you know, he took nine sacks versus the Titans. He took seven sacks here, but I was just you know checking the box score. He had no turnovers. He didn't throw a pick. Um, he didn't have any fumbles. So definitely give some credit to Joe Burrow. So so going back to what you're saying, Chris, the Rams. You think this is vindication? their quote-unquote being all in you know uh, going and getting Matt Stafford uh trading away all of their draft all of their early round draft picks I don't think they have a first round draft pick until like 2032 um I checked their 10 million in the negative for cap space so that's 28th in the league like only the New Orleans Saints (laughs) sadly are in a worse spot um so I guess you know this is vindication kind of hey you get the Super Bowl get the ring it's all worth it. it I guess you agree with that yeah, I mean, I you can you can cry and complain that they should have won in a more uh, shutout fashion or something, but what more vindication can you get than win the Super Bowl? And I, I was that, and like, I was skeptical uh, of Sean McVay's approach. I, I thought he's given up too much. You know, he's focused super short term. You know, everyone thought they were going to win against the Patriots. They thought they had all the talent then. I I was I expected him to win this game, but I wasn't very confident. Uh, but I was skeptical of that approach for sure. Uh, there's actually a rumor going around. And it's not a rumor. It's it's uh, like he has stated he's like not sure of his future. So that would be quite the uh, parting gift is winning the Super Bowl. So like making the city the happiest ever, but leaving it in a really bad spot. So the the gold standard, the bar is set very high, though, when you you know, everyone thinks of the Patriots dynasty and their ability to do it year in and year out. So. Uh, clearly, that's not sustainable for everybody, and so I, I kind of agree with you that hey, if you can win a Super Bowl once every ten years, you know, it's thirty-two teams in the league, you're doing better than most. So, um, yeah, I say great job by the Rams and and great job by Sean McVay. On the flip side, the Bengals, you know, a little bit of a Cinderella story. So, comes to an end in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, such a bright future. But I'm curious, uh, Car Crazy Chris, it, it's a it's a it's a tough road to hoe in the AFC. I'm I'm curious how you see them. With their future, where would you stack them out in the AFC power rankings versus teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Titans? Do you think the Bengals and Joe Burrow, do you think that they've got, you know, what it takes to get back and potentially win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years? Or how do you see that playing out? So I I would say that uh, I definitely underestimated them this year. I think a lot of people probably did. Um, I mean, they're, they only got beat essentially by one team. Uh, so I, I definitely, in my personal rankings, I think they rise up. I'd probably still keep them below someone like the bills. Uh, although I think they've got a lot of promising, uh, a lot of promising talent. I think, 
I think they're well positioned to improve on it in the offseason. Uh, but I would say that they've certainly moved up. At at the risk of repeating my mistakes twice, I, I really doubted the Titans this year, and they they were great. You know, obviously Derrick Henry went down, and that sucked. Uh, but I would probably move the Bengals up above the Titans uh, in my personal expectations mm. ranking. Yeah, you got to give the Titans some credit for sure. You mentioned Derrick Henry going down for most of the season, but they still get the number one overall seed. But then, of course, that huge disappointment losing in the first round to the Bengals. So it'll be interesting to see if they make any moves in the offseason, maybe try and go after Aaron Rodgers or uh, Russell Wilson or something. You know, cl- clearly uh, Tannehill... Uh, isn't yeah, maybe who knows if that's good enough for the Titans, you know, uh, not going far in the playoffs, but doing great throughout the regular season. But I'm right there with you. I think they're in the mix and I, I love the potential that this team has. You just got to shore up that offensive line. And then if you clearly you've got a franchise quarterback in uh, Joe Burrow, so the sky's the limit. But like I said, it, it comes down to just like coin flips at the end of the game. So it'll be between them, Bills, Chiefs. And uh, I think also, you know, Justin Herbert with the Chargers there, uh, they, they have the same amount of potential. So um, great to see so much talent and uh, so much good football, um, particularly in the AFC. Uh, all right. Hey, on a, going back to the Rams, you want to talk about having a great day, right? Like Cooper Cup, he won the Super Bowl MVP. He was Offensive Player of the Year, winning a Super Bowl. Van Jefferson. Became a father like 30 minutes after the Super Bowl. He was celebrating, got a Super Bowl win, and someone came up to him and said, "Hey, your wife just gave birth." And so, like he, the confetti didn't even hit the ground yet, and he was already on the way to the hospital. Talk about crazy timing. I also believe I may have to edit this that OBJ's uh, either wife or, or partner was expecting as well. So, um, sounds like uh, good times. Uh, something in the water over there in Los Angeles, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's got to be, you know, now he can say, you know, that the the day the birth of his kid was the best day of his life, and no one has to question him, (laughs) well, didn't you know the Super Bowl was really better than that? Now he can just flat out, this is the best day of his life. Uh, So, yeah, I'm sure he was worried about that beforehand. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, West Coast, something. Yeah, because, I mean, when the game ended, East Coast, it's getting pretty close to midnight, but he shouldn't have had that problem. Uh, Kid was definitely born on the same day as the Super Bowl. That'll be a real easy birthday to remember. It's like, oh, yeah, I won the Super Bowl that same day. So Yeah, it's, here it is. is on my ring, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I wonder if he's going to wear I wonder – I don't think they do, but um, I would if I had a Super Bowl ring and wear it around every, you know, everywhere all the time, not even taking it off in the shower. Um, oh, yeah. Whenever Definitely. I do shower. But anyway, uh, all right, so let's get, in, let's get into some bet – kind of sports betting notes and controversies. So Car Crazy Chris – Matt Stafford's over-under for rushing yards in the Super Bowl was five and a half yards. If you remember, the end of the game ended with a couple of kneels. Matt Stafford had seven yards at that point in the game, and the last kneel of the game was graded as a one-yard kneel, which put his over-under at, which gave him six, and so he still cashed the over. However, if you watch that play, his kneel was pretty clearly a lot closer to two yards than it was one yard. So that would have completely changed the over-under. The unders would have hit and the overs would have missed. That is one of the betting controversies. Also, as as you uh, recall, that extra point that was botched by the Rams, 
ended up being a pass play that was intercepted. You know, was it a two point conversion or not? Um, it's not graded as a pass because it happened on an extra point and the interception didn't count either. So a little bit of controversy there. People thinking, hey, you know, like what happened? But you got to read deep into these, you know, stipulations on the bet. So that was another little bit of controversy uh, in general terms. The outcome that we had was the absolute best for the sports books. So kind of going back to that tinfoil hat theory around, you know, the refs uh, rigging the game there at the end, um, pouring one out for uh, Mad Money Mike here. But when the favorite wins and doesn't cover and the under hits, that's essentially a scoop for the books because all those underdog money line bets don't hit and all the favorites to cover bets don't hit either. So um, real good outcome for the books there. Um, kind of makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, uh, anytime, I mean, you expect the house to win eventually, but, or, or over long term, but anytime it's their best possible outcome, it does make you wonder. Uh, I'd, I'd be curious to see if uh, I know there are certain plays in the NFL that are, like designed plays where a certain rule takes effect. And I, I I suspect kneeling is one of them because I always thought it was weird. Like how come the dude doesn't kneel and then just freaking someone from defense comes flying in and lays him out because no one touches him. And uh, I, I'm sure some ref at one point mentioned it to me or a commentator that it's like a design play. Like you're, you're specifically doing a kneel and you're down when your knee hits the ground. I wonder if there's something in there that stipulates will lose one yard rather than the actual distance i have no mm. i'm just i'm just thinking here but uh yeah i mean that's that's an interesting point you know well okay he kneeled back five yards but well let's call it one that's the best outcome let's call it one i tell you i think that's a great idea that i don't believe exists right now because there's there's other earlier replays in the season where like patrick mahomes takes like a five yard kneel and the goal is you know, the, 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 the offense is trying to take a kneel, but run off as much clock as they can. So that leads to kind of a gray area where the defense, you know, they're not supposed to be trying because they don't want to injure the quarterback who's kneeling. But on the flip side, the offense is kind of taking advantage of the situation by running out more clock and taking longer to kneel. So I think your idea, I don't think it exists yet, but I think it's another great idea. So Car Crazy Chris, I don't know if you've written any handwritten letters yet, but this may be the first one that either you or me or Mad Money Mike could help pen a handwritten letter, quill pen, to the NFL officiating rules committee. Let's get this one added into the books. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point you made that it's it's clearly been enforced differently in other games. So it's it's not a hard and fast rule. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm all for it. I prefer to send my letters uh, with. Uh, letters I've clipped out of newspapers and magazines, so it takes a while to assemble, but I, I think it adds a little flair to it. Oh, kind of like the, uh, you know, you, you, what is it? That That's like a criminal. Car Crazy Chris, are, are you criminal Crazy Chris too? No, like if the you arsonist, look it up, like it's leaving the note? It's actually okay to send those types of letters. I mean, people don't like it. No one likes getting that letter in the mail, but uh, the letter by itself, perfectly legal. Huh, okay. The only people I know, I don't know anybody that does it, but I, I only know of it in movies. And it's people that are like holding somebody hostage or burn down your house because they didn't like you. So, yeah, uh, and it always gets the point across. That's a good point. I'm not sure if it's 
the actual act of burning the house down or the note. But I guess you know that'll just be one that uh, we'll just have to, to to note and follow up on later. <laughs> kind of closing the, closing the book on the, how this was the best best outcome for the books. Um, Super Bowl wagered legally the amount over a billion dollars, likely about 1.1 1.2 billion dollars. Ratings were up 14 percent over the last year. So um, clearly, the NFL is king in uh, the United States, at least. Um, next kind of betting note, Cooper cup won MVP, but he went under his receiving yards total. I think he had like 92 yards or something, but his over under was 102 all the way up to 107. So, um, I just thought that was interesting. You could be the best player in the entire game and not hit your receiving yards prop. So that's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Another one kind of related is OBJ that, you know, kind of bad luck, the injury there. He was well on his way to hit his receiving yards total over under. Um, he had 52 yards uh, through two receptions when he got injured there in the first half. So a little bit of bad luck there. So call crazy, Chris. Next thing I want to talk to you about is commercials. Some people, potentially some loyal listeners on this pod, much as I hate to say it, watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials. Did you know that the average commercial, well, a 30 second clip costs anywhere between six and eight million dollars to run during the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? Uh, I, I think that's just outrageous. I I for the first time this year watching the Super Bowl, I like the Super Bowl commercials in that you don't see the same one every time, like a normal mm-hmm. Sunday game. Uh, but otherwise I I think the commercials might be worse than normal. I d I don't know. I, I I get that people put a lot of thought and a lot of money, especially into them. They hire all this talent, uh, but you're you're essentially seeing these actors and celebrities that you know and love, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is great. I love this person. This will be some fun content. But it's not a movie. It's not a TV episode. They're gonna try to sell you like car insurance, and it's just it sucks. I'm I'm not a fan. Not a fan of the commercials. I think they should save their money and just hire regular people. Uh, I think a catchy jingle would get you more than than these celebrities. So you are not a fan of th- this particular year's Super Bowl ads, or just the Super Bowl ads in general? How they're trying to bring in all the star power? I think I I think it's just I finally realized it this year, but I think it, it's the entire time every Super Bowl. I just I'm not a I'm not a fan. I think that uh, some of the more crazy commercials end up getting uh, getting a bunch of black and get banned eventually like i remember when i was a little kid chevy had one where this little kid was driving a corvette and he's like flying around in the air and everything and they had they had a rolling stone song that i'm sure they paid out the ass for but it, it, it was in the end he wakes up like he's dreaming and it was like chevy dream of our cars or something like, i don't know whatever it was but uh and then everyone's like oh that's dangerous he's he's a child he shouldn't be driving and they pulled the super bowl ad i'm like what the hell guys he's a Obviously, he's not driving. The whole point is it was a dream. Uh, is there a chance then, that I've... Chris, car crazy Chris, is there a chance that that commercial about a Chevy Corvette when you were a child subliminally or subconsciously has impacted you? Because if my understanding is correct, you love Chevy Corvettes. Uh, I do. And that actually was for the that was, I think, the debut. I think it was 2005 because that's when the C6 Corvette came out. Uh, and that's actually the generation I've got. Uh, but uh, you own this car? Well, mine's not a convertible. <laughs> you own a Corvette? 
We got, yeah, we got a 2010. Hard to argue against the the uh, all the advertisements on the Super Bowl then if you own one of them from a Super Bowl ad that you were talking about 20 years later. Well, that's the thing. I want to support the ads that were so controversial they got pulled. It's all these boring <laughs> ads with celebrities that it just it does nothing for me. Okay, all right. Well, what about this? What about a what did you think? There were no celebrities. The dancing QR code across the screen hitting bouncing all the corners for Coinbase. What were your thoughts on that one? Uh, my thoughts were extremely negative. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not a very old guy, uh, but I'm I've been told that I'm kind of old. Uh, You're an old soul. Uh, yeah, like an old soul, or, or really just kind of an old fart. So I see this <laughs> QR code bouncing around, and I'm just thinking, whoever this is paid millions and millions of dollars, and the commercial was long. I don't know, it was like yeah. 45 seconds, or maybe. An hour and a half. I don't know. <laughs> and it's bouncing around. And I turned to to the person I was watching the game with. And I was just like, I'm not going to scan this shit. Like, whatever this is, if you scan it and tell me, I will make sure to avoid them for the rest of my life. Well, it's Coinbase. And the, the real icing on the cake is apparently their website crashed. So they weren't even ready for it. But, the, the, yeah, the sad news is it crashed. Um. Uh, but that's also sad because that means apparently a lot of people did it. But I'm with you, Crazy Chris. I did not click that or uh, you know do the QR code on my phone or anything. Um, a couple other commercials that caught my eye for one reason or the other: avocados from Mexico. Like I did not realize it was such a big booming business where they could drop eight million dollars in thirty seconds. And then on top of that, I heard that recently avocado imports from Mexico were suspended. Because like an inspector got threatened or something, so um, I thought yeah, that I think was it interesting. Was the day after that ad, I think I heard about it on Monday. Like, oh no, the inspector says shut it down. No more avocados from Mexico. Oh, just eight million dollars. Goosh. Where's that toilet flush? I know I've got it here. There we go. There go. But eight I, million I, I figured. Singles. I figured they were pushing the avocados because the game was in California. They were pushing everything California real heavy, and they love avocados out there. And uh, but yeah, I was like you. I see the commercial. I'm like avocados from Mexico. Like that's a that's a thing that one they need to advertise, and two they can afford to do on the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like advertising. Like, hey guys, eat bread from the Midwest. It's the best. And you're just like, I I was gonna do my normal grocery shopping anyway. I didn't need to be told. Yeah. And why do you have all? Why do you have eight million dollars to drop on advertising? That's the next question. Yeah, I'm paying way too much for this, this avocado. All right, another commercial I liked, and it maybe it's partially because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. The Larry David crypto commercial, where like he's wrong about forecasting like everything, like a wheel. Nah, that's too round. I don't know, Car Crazy Chris. Am I biased, or did you think that commercial was pretty good? Uh, I liked the commercial. It was it was funny. It was a good entertaining uh, skit. But to to uh, to your point about spending all this money on Super Bowl commercials. I don't remember what the commercial was for. I liked it. I it was to, funny, but I don't remember. I had to write it down. It was for crypto. Um, I'm guessing like some crypto platform where like they probably make money by like getting a little portion of your trades. I don't know. Uh, we're gonna have to have an episode on crypto. Uh, maybe that's sports betting related somehow. I don't know. Maybe maybe during <laughs> a slow period. But um, did you know? Did you realize that The Walking Dead is still going on? No, I, I thought. I remember the fans were upset about that a few years ago. I thought it was because the show ended. I did not know it was still going on. They're mad that it's still going on. I mean, everyone must be a zombie by now. I mean, like, 
I remember watching that years and years ago. So apparently it's finally the season finale, but uh, I thought that was interesting too. Um, hey, Chris, do you remember Terry Tate, office linebacker? I do not. All right, so he was like an office linebacker. Like somebody's like taking the last cup of coffee but not refilling it. He'll just like out of nowhere, cool, like full NFL tackle. That Jared Mayo in the Hellman's Mayo commercial, I liked it because it reminded me of Terry Tate. Car Crazy Chris, dear loyal listeners, I'm giving you some homework. They're like 30-second videos. They're hilarious. <laughs> you need to check out. This is not uh, like promoted. Like I don't even remember what Terry Tate was promoting, but um, the commercials are great. You got to go check one out. All right. Lastly, Car Crazy Chris, any other commercials that caught your eye? Uh, there was, you know, maybe I'm just bad at watching commercials. There was one with, uh, Zach Braff and I think his name's Donald Faison from Scrubs. Uh, I liked that commercial just cause I really liked them. And I think they had a house, uh, next door to each other or together or something. I don't remember. I uh, don't know what the product was, but I'd give that commercial an A plus. Yes. I love that TV show Scrubs. I, that's what, that's at least how I remember those two guys. Great commercial. I also don't remember what it's probably. It might have been Rocket Mortgage. I mean, there were like two houses. I'm that guessing. That sounds right. Yeah, there were houses in there. What did you? All right, kind of switching gears a little bit. What? All right, halftime show at Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. What were your thoughts on a car crazy, Chris? Is the old soul gonna pop out and poo poo on it, or is the younger, you know, I don't even know, uh, cool hip car crazy Chris gonna <laughs> pop out and give it two thumbs up? What were you, what was your take on this uh, Super Bowl halftime show? I don't think I've ever been accused of being uh, hip, but I I know I, I got accusation. Nothing, <laughs> I've got nothing really bad to say about it. Uh, I liked before any of the music even started. I really liked the show because uh, the field was well lit, which I appreciate. <laughs> Uh, I really thought it was kind of cute how they build like little houses there. It looks like a little neighborhood. I, I just I thought that was lovely. Um, the music itself, uh, once they started the performances, I, no problem with them. It's not music that I listen to a lot, so I didn't know all of the words, couldn't follow around, follow along, uh, all of it. But I will say that the audio, I thought. It was a little bit of a shame. I felt like the music was drowning out the vocals on the first couple of performers. Uh, when it got to uh, Mary J. Blige, I thought the balance, or, or maybe it's just she was more powerful. I don't know, but I thought that sounded a lot better. I think she killed it. sounded great. Um, Eminem's audio was, was pretty good as well. Uh, it looked like Snoop was having a great time. He looked like he was having fun. It's always fun to watch. You saw he, did, he, saw he, he took a puff uh, right before he went on stage? Yeah, I, I think it would have been weird if he didn't. Uh, <laughs> like, I think that would have been news. But whatever, they report whatever they think will get the clicks, I guess. But, uh, I mean, it looked like they had a good time. I thought overall it was a pretty, it was a very well choreographed show. I thought it fit together well. Like I said, I loved the little houses. Like, the band was on, like, an elevator going up and down. That was cool. Uh, I, I think it was a good show. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I tell you what, Car Crazy Chris, I know your music taste, or at least oh, I think I know your music taste. So if you give it a thumbs up, then I'm pretty sure that most of America gave it a thumbs up. I know. I liked it, too. I, I do like uh, Eminem and Kendrick Lamar. So uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, 50 Cent, who's now like 75 cents. Um, <laughs> yeah. Great show. Great show. All right. We're getting uh, we're running up on time here. So I do want to. Uh, once again, congratulations, Car Crazy Chris. 
Um, and I want to just rattle off a couple of things before we close it out. Guys, loyal listeners, you got to check us out on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, that's fine too. But if you do, at It's a Lock Podcast, a couple of retweets I had. Uh, next year's Super Bowl is in Arizona, then Las Vegas, then New Orleans. So super pumped for that. Um, the Waste Management Open is a golf tournament, also in Arizona, like either the week before or the same week as the Super Bowl. And hole number 16, you got to check this out on Twitter, is completely different than any other golf hole or course ever. Normally, all the fans are silent. But in this one, it's like you're in an NFL stadium. They are like cheering and yelling, mostly cheering as you hit your tee shots. So it's just completely different. I need to – Mad Money Mike, for sure, uh, we're going to have to go to one of these waste management opens um, so we can park ourselves on the 16th green uh, somewhere on the 16th hole and, and shout and yell and hope that they hit the greens or boo if they miss. So check that out on Twitter. Go Crazy Chris, I'm not sure if you've seen those, but uh, they're definitely worth a watch. They're not worth a Twitter account. If you don't have a Twitter account, I got this beef a couple weeks ago. kind of soured me the whole thing, so not worth making your own. Um I also did want to mention, uh, if you use like promotions or free bets, uh, Car Crazy Chris, I you do not live in Louisiana anymore, but I do, so I was able to use some. Um, they've got conditions like for your free bet, so it's a it's usually like seven days to use it. So uh, just want to make sure anybody that used a promo or free bet um, needs to get on that. Otherwise, you know, use it or lose it. Um, finally, I did my first foray into mobile online sports betting here in Louisiana. Um, it went well. Um, we'll talk about the props, you know, how, how we close out next week with Mad Money Mike's back. But um, I'm having cash out issues. You have to deposit with the same information that your account is. I had to use uh, uh, Cheetos Anti-Pets, Cheetos PayPal, because none of my stuff worked. And it's no problem. They let you deposit. But then you win a bet and you try cash out. All of a sudden, account suspended. They're asking for, like, essentially a hair sample to get it opened back up. So. Uh, just a word of warning to all of our loyal listeners. Um, Car Crazy Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Season 2, episode number 30, Super Bowl 56 recap. Any final parting words to our loyal listeners? I don't think anything to the loyal listeners, uh, except maybe reach out to the show. You guys are great. Uh, it's been great being here. Uh, I will say thanks for the the 50 bucks on that competition. Hopefully I can get a little more next year if I win pick them, but uh, we'll see. Uh, now, now what I got to do is whenever I get out of town, because I live in Alabama where betting is just super illegal, can't even have uh, bingo here, but uh, I got to take that 50 bucks whenever I get the chance. Might as well get into sports betting. Uh, like I said, it's easy to be to be generous with someone else's money, so... We'll see how far I can take that 50. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks so much for coming. Loyal listeners, next week we'll recap the Super Bowl Part 2. Mad Money Mike will be back, so we'll get his perspective on it. Then after that, we're rolling right into March Madness, so definitely want to stay tuned. March Madness excellent time of year, almost as good as the NFL, probably just as good as regular season, maybe just as good as, as the playoffs. We have a special guest for that as well, so uh, super pumped about that. But that is going to close out Season 2. Episode number 30 of It's a Lock Podcast. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent 
saying so long and see you next week.